Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie. The bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell. And Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3. Atlanta's Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. This is Road Dog Adam Gillespie with my tag team. I don't know if his partner or partners tonight. We're about to find out. Uh, John Radcliffe, are you there as usual? Present. Chris Colwell, are you with us tonight? The father here is is very present. That's All actually right. his new Twitter handle, by the way. The, that, fa- well, the father, father? Here. The father here is present. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're talking about it, you can follow me on Twitter at RoadDog680. You can follow John at John Rad. 450 and Chris, what is your trouble hander today? Still at Bearded Colwell, even though my son is now here. And as you have brought up now twice in the first one minute of the show, uh, and we <laughs> talked about this last week, uh, congratulations to you and your lovely wife on the birth of uh, Dawson. Is that right? That's right. Dawson Adam Gillespie. I mean, Adam Gillespie. Dawson Adam <laughs> Colwell. And I appreciate you uh, naming breaking your son news. after me. <laughs> I, that's actually breaking, breaking news, news to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe Adam is the middle name, although it's not I a saw bad the, name. I saw this it was birth certificate. Are you sure? Uh, we don't even have his birth certificate yet. So, oh, I mean. Well, that brings <laughs> up the question then, Adam, are you paying child support? Oh no, no! I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, a godfather. I'm not that father. Well, no, you took the name of the child, so now I'm wondering. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. do we go and get paternity no, testing? It, Where's it, the twenty-three and me thing at? And let's get this checked out. And you uh, know, how much are you paying up front, brother? Back when I used to listen to Home Team in Hamilton and uh, used to join the, join their show, uh, I've heard about how much child support can be, and I do not want to pay child support to anybody, especially at the levels that uh, some of those guys they were talking about. Now wait, uh, I have a question. You said uh-huh. when you used to join the home. Or oh yeah, you know, you we know. had a we had an incident this morning, and I no longer support the home team at home to show. What happened this morning? Now, oh. now, because it's not on my show sheet, but I'd like I'm intrigued by what what well, events transpired. Well, I sent y'all a show sheet text uh, before we went on and the. It's more like one topic. Well, there you go. Well, actually, if you're paying well, attention, th- ladies and gentlemen out there, if you notice, okay, first let's pull the curtain back. We only do one topic at a time. Adam's at home in his pants. Oh, stop waiting on the next text. Adam's at home with no pants on. I have no pants on. I'm laying on my bed. Colwell's at home taking care of his child. Adam was supposed to make a show sheet, and here's how his show sheet goes. He starts the next topic off of whatever the last word is. So if I brought up Taco Bell, he would bring up how Taco Bell is now removing items from their menu. But I digress. I want to know what happened on the home team in Hamilton show that you now have usurped them and uh, obviously sound a little bit angry about it. Well, I am. I am upset. I am angry about it. Uh, I was joining them this morning for my weekly, uh, or formerly weekly, 
uh, Walk in the Aisle segment where we cover some of the hot topics around the world of wrestling. Uh, and I went on to answer a question from one of the gentlemen. And One of the gentlemen, they have names. Yeah, they did. You can refer uh, to them by name. I mean, it's okay. I went, on, I went on to answer one of the questions from one of the guys, and I, it had to be you because you run the board. Actually, uh, I was not in the room. That's why I'm asking what happened because I wasn't here. I was uh, completely cut off from the show. Wow. Ooh. So what what did you do? What did you say? All I did was uh, start listening to the accolades that uh, one of the – uh, show members has, and it's a very long list of accolades that we hear repeatedly on that show. Uh, and I started to go down those, and I guess for some reason, when I say it, uh, it's not welcome. How, how how did you say it? Let me let's let's start there because Joe Hamilton is a college football uh, Hall of Famer. What did you say? I said college football Hall of Famer. Joe Hamilton is an All American. What did you say? I didn't. I didn't. I forgot that one. Joe Hamilton is a Super Bowl winner. What did you say? I didn't get to that one either. Joe Hamilton is uh, what's the quarterback award in college? I'm I doing? didn't get to that one either. But I said uh, college football Hall of Famer, second place in the Heisman. Ah, yep, that. Yep. Well, that's true. Yep, yep <laughs> it's, that's yep, true. Yep, yep. And then I said a okay. whole list of other so uh, accolades that I can't remember, which is all. True. So can I ask you a question? And and I just want to put this in perspective. As Adam goes by the road dog, as he is a UGA fan, what if we? What if you were referred to as Adam, the road dog, second runner-up to the national championship after losing to Alabama Crimson Tide and blowing a halftime Ooh. lead Gillespie? I would say, well, in 1980, 40 years ago, we won the <laughs> national championship. Ladies and if gentlemen. you want to hear about that national championship, I suggest you go to the podcast park. And download uh, UGA40, hashtag champions, uh, a wonderful new podcast that has been put out by 680 The Fan, quarterbacked by the quarterback of that 1980 championship team, Buck Ballou. And he's talking to former teammates and coaches like Herschel Walker, uh, Vince Dooley, Mike Cavan, uh, not Lon Butler, but uh, Lindsley Scott, Frank Ross. A bunch of those guys are chiming in. And the first episode, which I listened to the day it dropped on Wednesday, talks about the recruitment of Herschel Walker, how important he was to that team, and then it gets you up and through the first game of the 1980 season uh, where Herschel Walker ran over the Tennessee Volunteers and made his debut. And that is in record-setting time in five minutes, 47 seconds. He made reference to someone else's podcast, and I tweeted it out. I just want to say that my prediction was accurate, but I'm amazed that it only took five minutes because I actually thought you would have done it in two. I thought you would have opened the show with, welcome to the finishing move. Let me tell you about this wonderful podcast. I'm sorry that promoting the station is something that I find useful to do on this show. With Although it is a football topic, and we are a wrestling show, but promoting other shows and other parts of this station is not a bad thing, Mr. Radcliffe. No, I'm actually making reference of number one, the and which, just hear me out here, because I know this is the road that we're going to go down now, road dog, as a... That's one podcast reference. Oh, well, we're going to talk about we'll something do our, to wrestle with later. We'll do our obligatory see, this oh. our obligatory 25 other podcasts that we'll make reference to. But I, well, I, see, I, have, I have to bring up the reference. I have to bring up the question. The I agree. But then it brings up the question, when is he going to promote the show that he works on? 
Aren't we are doing the show oh, that we work on. I don't I ever hear this show promoted as I you join Chuck and Churnoff. <laughs> well, I don't join Chuck and Churnoff. They don't allow me on the show. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, and so I wait, wait, wait. So you've been kicked <laughs> off two shows now? Home <laughs> Team in Hamilton and Chuck and Churnoff? <laughs> I promote it when I, when I used to join Home Team in Hamilton. I would promote this show. Uh, but now they seem to no longer want to give us the vehicle to do so. So you've been kicked off of two shows now? <laughs> This is the sh- second show you've been kicked. So, what shows do you have? Yikes! Can you do any promotion on like maybe? I, I can get it in on Roundtable. Boy, okay, that's where we are. Hey, <laughs> but seriously, in all seriously though, and I think you two guys agree, uh, Matt Lear, Brandon Joseph, and Rob Jenner's all did a wonderful, wonderful job behind the scenes putting this together. It sounds great. Uh, you can subscribe to it at Apple Podcast. Uh, get it from thepodcastpark.com. Go out if you're a dog fan. Listen to uh, episode one, and it's going to drop every Wednesday the next episode but make sure you do that uga40 hashtag champions it's a great listen for dog fans if you enjoyed michael jordan's last dance you'll enjoy this i've gotten a chance uh since i seem to be the only one of the three of us that come up here on a daily basis uh, i've gotten a chance to see the hard work of our co-workers (laughs) as well as buck baloo and in terms of him actually being able to reminisce and relive those experiences which that's been one of the that's another key portion to it as well and that's not to denigrate the work of Matt Lear uh, Rob Jenners and Brandon Joseph but to talk with Buck Baloo and watch him reminisce and hear these stories from all from former teammates coaches and everyone that he talks to throughout this entire thing like I said if you enjoyed Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls last dance you'll enjoy this because uh, it might be UGA's last jan- dance to win a national championship uh, well, we need to cut your microphone off. But oh, if you, you were see, here, you could do it. Did you see that? Uh, now we're mm. continuing to talk about football on the Christmas oh, show. Oh, burn! But did you see that uh, UGA, the the real UGA, is going to honor the nineteen eighty championship team by wearing the white jerseys on the first game uh, next week against Arkansas? And if you haven't seen these jerseys, they are they are. I don't know. What do the kids say? You got a kid, uh, Chris? What does he say? Sleek, fleek. <laughs> Does he say anything? Uh, well, considering those words won't be said around the house, I doubt he'll say that either. <laughs> uh, these jerseys are fire. Go to georgiadogs.com. Check them out. I, I've already – I want to order one. I want to order my – fresh. These jerseys are fresh. What is this, 88? I, I want 1988? They're cool, man. Uh, I want I want to order one uh, of these white jerseys. It's got like the 40-year anniversary patch. It's got – it looks really cool. Uh, right now, the only one you can get, though, is 34 Herschel Walker, which is definitely not a bad one to get. But I'm hoping that they release a number eight because we know who number eight is, right? Why don't you fill us in? Buck Blue was number eight. Why don't you Your fill co-worker, us in? Your co number eight. <laughs> and I want to get a number eight white jersey retro uh, to kind of honor our friend Buck Blue. Well – Here's the thing, and normally you do a name drop, so I'm assuming you know someone that can make this happen. Because I mean, you know, well, I don't we'll, know. The, I don't know those people. Why, why do you refer to them as those people? Why do you say <laughs> this in su- such a manner? Of, I don't know those people. I know the people that can maybe get me one free, but I don't know the people who make the decisions as to who whose numbers get used uh, in the manufacturing process. So then, why well, don't maybe you? Maybe I do, but I don't have any say with them. <laughs> So why don't you do that? Why don't you pull? Why don't you pull some strings and get some jerseys sent here to the station so we can all pay homage to UGA in the forty-year anniversary, as well as to the wonderful podcast that our coworkers and colleagues that you can go to the podcast park and take a listen to and download and subscribe, as well as you can go and hear the finishing move, the dark matches. That's where our podcast lived as well. Well, actually, the shows go there as well. So if you miss it, much like Chad in Hawaii does, he goes there and listen. Hello, Chad in Hawaii. 
He's already listening tonight. He's tweeted this a couple times. All right, we are uh, over 10 minutes into the show. Are you guys actually ready to talk wrestling on the wrestling show? Hit the open, John. <laughs> I'm not hitting any more buttons. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, something hit me last night when I was a watching AEW Dynamite. Uh, Were you no, in the I street wa- fight? I wasn't in the, in the parking lot brawl, so luckily it wasn't a, uh, a, the trunk of a car or a bat or a piece of wood, although that match was awesome, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but I was watching, as I was watching Dynamite last night, uh, Luchasaurus uh, kind of uh, stuck out to me. Uh, and he's and, you know, huge. That's why he is huge. He definitely is, and he's even big compared to to uh, Jungle Boy and and obviously Marco Stunt. Uh, but the other guys they were wrestling last night. He's just big. But not only is he big, he is very athletic. I mean, the fact that he can do a kip up off the mat and do flips and uh, go off the ropes, uh, top rope, and all this. You know, he has a lot of athletic ability but then i think and i look at him and i say he's wearing a wrestling mask he uh, or a dinosaur mask he pretends to be a dinosaur uh he acts you know his promos sometimes reference him being millions of years old like a dinosaur would be and i said to myself that's going to limit in my opinion how far he's going to be able to go uh in AEW now, if it was just based off a of talent, I could see him being a, a a champion, you know, the world champion for AEW at some point. But to have him behind this dinosaur gimmick mat, um, mask, and and I really think that's going to hamper him. Now, if we were back in maybe the '80s or even the early '90s, where we had so many gimmicks and and that was really the kind of the flavor of wrestling. Um, he would have done much better, and maybe he could have been sold off as a, uh, you know, the world champion, and we would have bought that. But I really think that his gimmick is what's going to hold him back because he has the athletic ability to be a world champion. Yeah, no, he definitely does. And, I mean, I think it's one of the cases where it's a very entertaining gimmick, and it's something that's fun for fans. It's good for the kids. It's, if you're going to have any type of a, uh, a kid viewership with AEW, he's good to have there. The tag team Jurassic Express is fun. And it kind of depends. I mean, by you would say that if you were going to repackage him, I guess, as something different, because obviously he's got the athletic ability, he's got the in-ring ability, but, you know, are you opening up a can that can't be undone? Because at that point, okay, you see what he can offer outside of the gimmick. And sometimes these gimmicks that guys have are kind of what pushes them to the spot that they're going to get to. Could him, the guy that, you know, I don't, I don't even know the actual uh, guy that is Luchasaurus. I don't know his real name, but could he be a main event level guy outside of that gimmick? Possibly, but we don't know that either. I mean, you could unmask him. You could change his gimmick. Maybe you don't have the promo skills to back it up. Maybe he just doesn't have the look. Maybe he doesn't have the it that would push him over the edge. But sure, you I guess you could repackage him and look into it. But I think for right now, he's fine as he is. Yeah, no, I, go ahead. I agree there as well that at some point in time, you're going to have to unmask him. And Chris, to answer your question, his real name is Austin, Austin Maddelson. Um. You, you're going to have to unmask him because the dinosaur, the T-Rex image is going to have to change. But I think even if you kept him as Luchasaurus, but you repackaged the mask a little bit more where, yes, it is still just the name because that's one of the things about some wrestlers is they've earned their name. And Luchasaurus, excuse me, at this point in time, 
he made his bones on the indie circuit. So now at this point, we have to say he's at the big times. He's at AEW. If you change up the mask, take more of the color out of it and just give him a gothic black mask or something to that effect, then you can still get the same effect out of him. But even if you took it off, as I'm as I Googled him, he looks like Jason Momoa, who played Aquaman. You could probably take the mask off of him and get just as much, if not more, success. But it's just that as well. What do the promos do? Because right now he's built he's built like exactly what Vince McMahon would love. He would be a main eventer right now in WWE just because Vince McMahon would be thrilled to have him. But it is just that dinosaur persona that I think could be, depending on the way that you feel about it, if you repackage him just that way of cha- changing the mask, Changing it to something where you take the dinosaur tail off of it and give it a golf look, I think you can still get the same effect. Oh, I have no doubt that Vince McMahon would love him. Maybe not the dinosaur gimmick, but he is 6'5", 275 pounds. And, dude, he looks like straight brick muscle. Yeah, he and I, when I take my shirt off, that's exactly what I look like. He and I are (laughs) same stats as well. I'm 6'5", same stats. I bet Vince would actually love that gimmick, to be honest with you. It's perfect for the kids, is it not? I mean, this seems like something he would salivate over. Yes, it ties in great for the kids, and I have no doubt that the kids love that gimmick, Um, but there's a ceiling with it. And if maybe Austin is fine with that being his ceiling, if he if uh, he doesn't say, hey, one day I wouldn't mind being the AEW world champion or whatever, he says, if if maybe a tag team champion is is fine with me or maybe a TNT champion, um, but to be the face and the head of a company is, uh, I, I would think everybody's goal in in wrestling, you know, I would think that would be what you'd want to do one day. You dream about being the world champion. You don't grow up. Dreaming, I don't think about being TNT champion. Actually, inter- somewhat. We, I don't know if you saw the article. Obviously, Jake the Snake Roberts never had that goal. Where he put out an article where he made the comment. I don't remember whose podcast it was on. He never wanted to be a champion. And keep in mind, Jake the Snake is a Hall of Famer who never won a championship. And the biggest reason he said he didn't want one. I'm already carrying around a a, a snake that weighs a ton. Why do I want to add another ten pounds of metal to go through airports with? I'm okay. Well. <laughs> Some some guys don't need the belt, and I would argue that maybe Jake the Snake, at, in the heyday of Jake the Snake's uh, career, he was one of those guys who probably didn't need the belt. He was always hot and over with the fans uh, without a championship, was he not? Oh, no, I agree with that, but when you said you made the comment of people always want the championship, Jake the Snake came out and showed he never wanted one. Well, if he's, okay. He's talking about it. Gimmick-wise, you know he did. But for personal reasons, he didn't, obviously. He's saying that after the fact, of course. I'm sure back in the day he might have thought differently. Yeah, now that I he's think... the guy that's got, you know, he goes on being as the guy that didn't win the title. I'm sure, you know, he can say that now. Yeah, maybe it is safer to say that now. Are there other guys out there that you see, maybe if we repackage them or tweak their gimmick, or maybe their gimmick just right now limits them uh, or gives them kind of a ceiling uh, out there that you think would be helped by something like that? Well, I mean, somebody that, you know, just to make an old comparison, though, with Luchasaurus, it kind of comes to mind with me. You know, think about the hurricane. That was something that was really over in its day. But did anybody ever see the hurricane ever being, you know, a major champion? And we eventually did get to see him as Gregory Helms as, you know, on his own uh, and, and doing his own thing. And it didn't really play out all that well for him. So it could be something similar. But I look at the current WWE roster right now and, you know, just to, just to look at them and, you know, I see a guy like a Shorty G, 
who has been saddled with one of the dumbest gimmicks I think we've seen in a long time. You, you're deliberately making fun and making uh, light of the fact that and pointing out this guy isn't as tall as some of the other guys, but yet you sit there and watch him wrestle, and he's incredible. He's a great amateur. got that great amateur background like Kurt Angle. He's shown in the past, uh, especially you know if you saw his origins in, in NXT when him and uh, Jason Jordan were American Alpha, and you know he's got he's got some charisma. He's got of the two, he had the mic skills. He's got the ability. It's just a matter of putting him in a situation where he could actually come above, rise above that. And if you saddle a guy with something that's kind of making fun of him while trying to make light of it and making it, I guess, fun, you're 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 hamstringing. There's no way that Shorty G is ever going to be world champion. Could Chad Gable be at least contended potentially, but never as Shorty G. Yeah, I agree 100%. The character, uh, the gimmick Shorty G, will definitely never be a uh, world champion under that gimmick. Uh, I, maybe Chad Gable could have been, but I think I think uh, Chad, American Alpha, was great as a tag team. Now, it's unfortunate that when they got up to the main roster on WWE, they didn't know what to do with them, and they don't appreciate tag teams, and they ended up splitting them those two guys up. And we saw what happened to Jason. As soon as they split him up, the crowd was uh, done with him. Um, and he got mm-hmm. injured, and that, the whole storyline of being Kurt Angle's illegitimate son or whatever, you know, <laughs> nobody wanted that. And he's been gone uh, ever since. I think he's a producer behind the scenes now for WWE. Um, but, yeah, I, that's a, that's another gimmick that has a ceiling and will never. But I also think Vince McMahon, that's a gimmick that Vince McMahon just gets a kick out of personally because he does he, his – prototypical wrestler is the big strong muscle built guys and chad gable obviously is not that so i think that's just vince mcmahon doing something to make himself laugh i think the person that i'm gonna say and it's actually even been said to him before is big e i think big e's character has made itself to a point where the jovial guy ultimately it was great with the new day and it is great don't get me wrong i am a fan of big e but I think you change that character to what he was when he first came out with Dolph Ziggler and A.J. Lee, and you put him as that power lifter. You put him out as even that moment of seriousness. We saw it even so much so, just to go back in history, with Mark Henry. When Mark Henry came out, as he came out as the you know the All-American, he came out as the Olympic power lifter, the world's strongest man. He joined the Nation of Domination, and even that moment where he created the Hall of Pain, those moments had to come about for him to give that character that push to the next level, to give it that the excel it a little bit more, where it was able to go back a little bit where we got him where he became out of sexual chocolate and things of that nature. I think that's something that Big E is going to have to do, where I think, and particularly as long as Vince McMahon is in charge, he'll never see him much more than the jester, the clown, the court jester to come out there, be silly, put on a show, be a part of a team where he's the strong man of the team. But and when you're talking about a world champion that's by himself, you're not. I don't think he's going to get that opportunity in, until either A, Vince goes away, or B, there's a slight character change, and he gets that side that takes him almost away from the clown and makes him a little bit more of a serious individual. But does he have to be the world champion on his own? I mean, honestly, New Day as a group is so over, and we saw what happened with Kofi Kingston. He got to the mountaintop, right? So there's no reason why Big E, as a member of New Day, couldn't get there with this current gimmick. I I agree he needs some seriousness to his his comedic side, but, you know, when we saw him come out, like you mentioned, with the powerlifting gimmick and everything – 
unfortunately, even when they turned him babyface in a row, he never got over. He was one of the least over Intercontinental Champions we'd had in a while, and it wasn't his fault. It was just the situation he found himself in. New Day got him over. Now, the problem you run into is you could yeah you can flip the script and and go away from that you know comedic side of them and make them serious and you know a guy that just basically hurts people and stuff like that but will that get over will it work with him will it click because again it's got to be something that he himself can buy into or the fans aren't going to buy into it so that's the one risk you run with that you know he's over now if you flip it on on, on the fans will it work that's the thing Yes, it will work. I think he is over enough with the fans that if you have Big E be a comedic character who can flip that switch and also go to I'm here to beat you down guy and I'm going to stomp a mud hole in you, I think characters will buy that. And then he can flip it off and go back to being the comedic character. Uh, I think that's kind of what you had with Kofi. Kofi is a com- uh, you know has some comedic uh, qualities, maybe not as much as Big E, but he has that. I mean, all of no- New Day is is you know comedy. Uh, so I think he had it. But when it came time to get in the ring and defend his title or go up against somebody for the title um, on that build up to WrestleMania, it, it, we saw serious Kofi in the ring, and the fans bought it. Uh, I think, and I but I think that's what we're starting to get with Big E too. Uh, we're starting to get that turn where he's gonna uh, have a more serious demeanor to himself at times, uh, and and start go- making that big push. Even so um, much so, we saw it. That's how the New Day got over. If you remember, the formation of the New Day started with Xavier Woods giving up the serious, the the comedic that he was. He had, he had taken Brodus Clay's intro music the comedy was gone he came out in a suit and tie and they you know the gimmick evolved very quickly through a wide array of different things even listening to the new day's podcast they talk about how Uh, name drop oh of course come on now that's what we do here you got the first one (laughs) um but uh it's it went through an evolution of many different different styles that they even said themselves WWE Uncreative wasn't even able to help them that much where they had to sit down and come up with it because they even admitted themselves, if we didn't change who we were, Kofi Kingston was going to be relegated to just short of a jobber, Big E would have been sent down to NXT, and Xavier Woods would have been fired. It's that change. It's we, We're actually even seeing it right now with Roman Reigns right before our eyes is what did we always want? We wanted Roman Reigns as a heel. We got it. And look how – look, we – who – if you're not enjoying Roman Reigns as a heel, say I. Thank you. I think Biggie <laughs> doing just that would be just enough of with him on the mic. And even if you did leave him with the New Day, it has to be a full transition with the New Day because then you take Biggie and if you want to let Xavier Woods or Kofi be on the mic for him and he just becomes the big strong man, beats up people and moves on. I think you can still do it from that perspective. But I think to get to that next plateau, and particularly because they've been doing this role for so long, and I'm not saying I'm tired of it. I'm not saying I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm saying because it's been so long, the change would be that one thing that you would see from them, and it would give that look of, yeah, I'm ready for them to take the next step. When we return, we're going to do my favorite segment of every week on this show. We're going talk to talk about the, the podcast that we listened to this week. <laughs> well, we are going to do that within Getting this creepy with Adam. Of no, over that the segment's top. dead. <laughs> that one's gone. No, <laughs> oh my goodness! Do you want to hear a part of that? I got. I saw something on the oh, man. Today. We're going to go to commercial oops, break. Oops. <laughs> Thank you, Colwell. Good job. We're going to go over the top rope. We're going to talk about Vince McMahon. We're going to talk about the Ultimate Warrior. We're going to talk about Gerald Briscoe, Renee Young, uh, Matt Riddle. We're going to talk about so much stuff. You don't want to miss any of it. You Make do sure you realize this is only an hour show, right? 
I know. We just spent 26 – what are we? 27 minutes in, and 20 of that was talking about UGA 40 uh, and Colwell's kid. Good and, dogs. We got another seven to do on podcast, so uh, we don't have much time left. Uh, you're listening to The Finishing Move. We'll be right back here on Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the finishing move here on Extra 1063. We appreciate you tuning in each and every Thursday night uh, here at 7 o'clock to hear the latest in wrestling talk. And right now, we're going to do my favorite segment of the week or the show. Well, where should we start tonight? I will give you the option of talking about. Uh, Vince McMahon, Renee Young, The Ultimate Warrior, or Jeff Hardy? Uh, One hour show, Colwell. Who'd you say? Did you say Ultimate Warrior? Let's go with that. All right, Ultimate Warrior. All right, the podcast dropped. Uh, Bruce Pritchard <laughs> uh, on Something to Wrestle With this uh, past week. They did an episode on the a bio on the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> And if you haven't heard it, I suggest you go listen to it. In fact, I go suggest you listen to all of Conrad Thompson's podcast, just like I do. There is something to wrestle with, uh, Grilling JR, which is really good when JR is grumpy. Uh, there is What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. There is Ask uh, – what's Arn's uh, name? Arn. Okay. It's just yeah, Arn. Yeah, it's just Arn. Yeah, okay, Arn with Arn Anderson, which is good. <laughs> and then there's 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Um which is great. So I You're not going to listen to Talk to Jericho? Well, that's not part of Conrad Thompson's. That's a but great yeah, I, one, too. But I, I, I support uh, Talk. If you want to go outside of the world of Conrad Thompson. No, because it's a one-hour show. <laughs> okay. we got 30 minutes anyway, left. So they were talking about Tonky Tonk Man. And if you remember back to the days of the Ultimate Warrior, one of the big moves the Ultimate Warrior had was uh, the, the press slam, right, where he would hold you up over his hands. Uh, over his head, kind of like in a bench press uh, position, and just show off his muscles and and uh, all that stuff, you know, the stuff that I don't have, at least. Well, if you imagine holding somebody above your head, where are you going to put your hands? you got to put one hand probably right below the neck, you know, right around the chest area to hold up and support that end of the body. So that leaves the other hand. Where do you think that hand goes? On the thigh. <laughs> no, not when yes, the Ultimate yes. Warrior did it. Uh, the Ultimate oh, Warrior would grab oh. right into your crotch area and not only grab right there and place his hand right there, he would squeeze to hold on to you. Uh, so the, mm. very, the very first time <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior grabbed the Honky Tonk Man's nuts and squeezed, <laughs> the Honky Tonk Man said, no more. Uh, you will never do that move to me again. Uh, and I just found that to be very, very funny. You found you you hear stories about the Ultimate Warrior not being the smoothest worker in the ring, uh, not always able to land the soft blows when he's throwing the punches. But that's one that I have to agree. I, I heard he also did it to Rick Rude. If you go back and listen to their Rick Rude one, uh, and Rick Rude just punched him in the face, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but John, maybe you can try that on Colwell next time he's in the studio. Do a bench, a power press of Colwell and see where you're able to place your hands to make it work. Okay, for the record, since neither one of you have been in the studio in maybe over a month. That's not true. Okay, for you it's a week. 
We haven't seen Colwell. I'm not even 100% sure. That this might be virtual Colwell. <laughs> it might be like, like virtual Chuck. If we did a lineup of people and Colwell Damn. was one of them, I wouldn't know. I probably wouldn't be able I to pick out Colwell. <laughs> wouldn't I? He'd have to be holding a baby that has an AEW championship around his waist. Well, you guys should try that next time uh, we're all three hours. Yeah, I would like I'm to have too, more than just one it. kid, so let's not do that. <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to feel sorry for Vince McMahon here, but he fell off of a list for 2020, and that list You is, just uh, made the list! <laughs> yeah, he didn't make the list <laughs> this year. Of the Ooh. 400, top 400 billionaires in <laughs> in the United States. Now, first off, I was surprised. To, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that surprised me when I read this article. And one of them was that there's even 400 billionaires uh, in the just in the United States alone. Now, I don't know. Maybe you guys have a better grasp on that than I do. But is that surprising to you? Actually, not really. Because okay. when you think of just, and yes, in Atlanta, we are in one of the larger markets in the United States. But when you think of New York, California, and Chicago, and Texas, you got to remember, oil is, I mean, we still have to put gas in our cars. Oil billionaires exist, and it's many of them. And then you okay. got to also keep in mind, I can even name one right off the top of my head, uh, top the top of my head that I can think of. Uh, he was a former boy bander. Is it Nick Lachey? When they legalized well, Yeah, he was the one that hooked up with Jessica Simpson. And he was the, the one that, show. that purchased a bunch of land oh, in gosh. Colorado. That when they legalized marijuana, he became marijuana. a billionaire off of it. He became a billionaire? Well, okay. Well, well, maybe that number doesn't surprise you. Maybe the next one will. But Vince McMahon uh, was on the uh, Forbes 400 rich, uh, billionaires uh, in the United States last year. This year, he, he only came in at 39 last year. Um, but he fell off this year. Uh, Forbes oh, credited that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's tough to feel <laughs> bad for him. But... Uh, Forbes credited that to the lack of uh, revenue that WWE was able to uh, do uh, at the beginning of the year, the first seven months of the year, obviously due to coronavirus, and obviously that around $200 million that he pumped into the XFL that ultimately was a failure uh, for a second time. Oh, uh, poor guy. That means he has to buy so, a smaller yacht this year. <laughs> so let me give you this number. Maybe this number will surprise you because this one blew me away. Uh, Forbes uh, Forbes has Vince net worth at 1.7 billion uh, as of today, and this article was written September 8th. Uh, but that puts Vince at the 1,196. That's where he comes in on the list of billionaires, just in the United States. So right under 2,000. The fact that there was 400 blew me away. The fact that there's 2,000 billionaires in the United States alone. <laughs> really blows me away. No, I mean, it's not too crazy when you think of the fact that, like, the million-dollar uh, number now isn't what it used to be when you think about, you know, to bore you with uh, financial numbers, but, like, inflation slowly pushing that up where you've got, you know, people with retirement plans that are in the millions now. So I guess it's not too crazy to think there's more billionaires, but that is a pretty big number. It's a hefty number, and I guess one of the reasons that it doesn't surprise me, we've sat here and watched in our lifetime is... One of those Kardashian girls or Jenner's girls, Kendall or Kylie or Kim or yeah, the younger one. One of them. She's a the she's if she's not at a billion, she's knocking on it. Dr. Dre, I, Jeff Bezos is knocking at a quadrillionaire. So, well, he's the richest man in the world, though, isn't he? Yeah, but he's here, and that's why I said it's not one of those things. And then even when you take it a little bit further, and I go back to the oil tycoons, 
where for us as us normal working class folk, we're happy to get our kid, you know, a nice toy for Christmas. And we're happy to get them a car for their 18th, 21st birthday, whatever the case may be. But when your dad can give you an oil refinery and 55 acres of land in Texas, it starts to add up. You got to remember that it's not just the true dollar value as well. And when Forbes does this list, it's based off the assets that they own as well. It's multiple properties that can consist of apartment buildings, homes in the Hamptons and, and different islands around the world that they own. So that list can crank up there pretty quickly. Jeff Hardy uh, just uh, announced Is he a billionaire he recently- now? I don't know if he's a billionaire. I don't know if his new contract with the WWE pushed him over that uh, milestone. But he has signed a new contract with the WWE. I haven't seen anywhere the length of the new contract for him. Maybe one of you guys have seen it. Uh, But are we happy with Jeff Hardy re-signing with uh, WWE? Was there any desire to maybe see him go to AEW from either of you guys? I mean, it would have been cool to see him there. We could have done a uh, Hardy's-Young Bucks uh, match in AEW. I know we got to see it on the indies a little bit, but seeing that would have been interesting. But then again, after watching Matt Hardy's match at All Out, I don't think Matt Hardy should ever step in a ring again because it's just it's a matter of time before he gets seriously injured. Jeff's still got some years to give. I think he's still got some left. But, I mean, I'm not saying he's got a long time to go, but he does not look worse in the ring now than he did you know, two, three years ago. He's kind of the same guy. He's not what he was, but I've got no problem still being in WWE. He still has the value there. He's still over, and why not? No, I'm happy Jeff Hardy's still there. I hope he accomplishes. He seems like a guy who has his own personal goals set up for himself in terms of what he wants to do in the WWE or for the remainder of uh, his time in wrestling, and I hope he accomplishes all of that because, you know, Jeff Hardy easily could be one of those wrestlers that you, and I think we talked about it right here on this show, what if? What if Jeff Hardy didn't battle his addiction issues? What could have been? What you know, so much more. We've gotten such great tag team matches from him, and we have so so many memorable things. But what could have been if Jeff Hardy didn't battle his addictions and the demons that he battled, the other things that we had? So I think it'd be great to just see him close out in WWE, accomplish the goals he wants to, that he sets out to accomplish, and just see how much more we can get from him. I know it's not the Jeff Hardy of old, but it's nice to see it. Uh, let me ask you this real quick, just yes or no from either of you guys. My answer is no. Would you want to see Jeff Hardy as a WWE or Universal World uh, Champion again? No, not Colwell. again. Yeah, uh, John? No, I'm okay. Okay, yeah. So three no's around the room. Um, all right, <laughs> AEW Dynamite. They had a, over a million viewers last week. We saw that happen for them. Congratulations again on that. They took a little bit of a step back this week. They went down to, what was that total number... 886,000. So you would think, well, that's not good to take a step back from a little over a million down to almost 200,000 viewers. But last week in the coveted, um, you know, demo of 18 to 49, they came in number seven. This week they came in number three. (laughs) So even though they have less viewers, they had more viewers in that demo uh, watching the show this week, or at least more more viewers weren't watching other shows from uh, in that demo. Uh, so I don't know how to, how you would take that. I guess AEW does like to tout that uh, four, uh, eighteen to forty nine demo win, uh, and they handily won it as NXT was number thirty one uh, last night in that eighteen to forty nine demo. Uh, congratulations to them. Was it surprising they took such a big step back? No, because they went head-to-head again for the first time in three weeks. 
Uh, which which one did you guys watch live last night? Oh, well. I actually didn't get a chance to watch either one live, yeah, but had I had I got a chance to, it most likely would have been AEW. Again, I thought they had the better lineup, but I do think it's interesting if you look at the numbers there. It, it suggests less because of the numbers last week and being over a hundred or over a million as AEW was. There's probably about a two hundred thousand. Uh, amount of fans that are both AEW and NXT fans that kind of pick and choose based on the week because that's the difference obviously between you know with them going unopposed with NXT last week versus this week and you know there's obviously a core a core fan base for both shows that are going to watch it live and then there's like maybe two two to three hundred thousand fans that tend to kind of switch back and forth depending on the night. Which one did you watch, John? Live? Uh, I watched or first. I watched AEW live and first. Uh, and I think because AEW wants for yeah, for one, I think we're still getting new and compelling storylines. We're we're even gradually getting more and more surprise new uh, characters added to AEW, whether it be from old school or new school. We're getting more and more that are coming up there, so I'm really enjoying that portion of it. And I think AEW with WWE, there were moments of it where we've watched the ratings, particularly in our lifetime. And what I mean by ratings, we the, you know the PG to to. I think at one point they made it to rated R rating. We've watched the ratings change over the years, and it seems like they're trying to force their way back to a different rating. Parental rating is what I'm looking for. Uh, It's just a matter of maybe we can grab that next demographic. So let's just throw in more curse. Let's throw in other words obligatory here. You haven't been doing it so long. And I think WWE is missing the point of it's not what you're talking about. To some degree, it's actually your content needs to get a little bit better. Uh, while we're talking about AEW, uh, at least last night, uh, what did you guys think about the parking lot brawl? I, for one, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought going into it, oh, this is just going to be another street fight. We're not going to really see anything new or innovative. Uh, and I think we did see some stuff that I at least hadn't seen before uh, in what I've watched in wrestling, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. What did you guys think, Co- uh, John? I enjoyed it as well. I think they were innovative with it. I was actually surprised that I would enjoy it as much, particularly coming off the heels of uh, Hardy being injured. I thought, you know, it would be more so, all right, let's be a little bit safer about this. Let's keep it in the ring. Let's keep it around the ring. So I was actually even surprised that they pulled it off. But I actually enjoyed it more than I thought. Chris, what would you think? I mean, it was definitely a wild brawl there for sure, and I like the added element of Orange Cassidy being involved. Coming out of the trunk, yeah. Coming out of the trunk, and then you add in the last little bit there when they pulled off in the minivan and uh, Trent's mom with the middle finger sticking up. I thought that was a great way to end the night. But I even was it the, I can't remember, if it, I guess it was the engine part of the car where they put someone in between like the engine and the hood, and they just were repeatedly stomping on the hood uh, of the car. I just thought there were some innovative stuff that we hadn't seen before uh, for a, you know, basically an extreme rules backlot brawl type match. Uh, they talked about this match a little bit originally, apparent, according to Dave Meltzer, at least, of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Or. Not really for me. I don't subscribe. <laughs> but um, th- this was not supposed to be the best friends versus Santina and or- uh, Santana and Ortiz. It was supposed to be Santana and Ortiz versus the Lucha Bros. I, I think that would have been also an excellent match. But I think the best friends are really got a push, something that the Lucha Bros maybe already have right now. Would you guys well, like I- that? 
No, no, that would have been great because if anybody saw the battles with LAX and, and the Lucha Brothers in TNA, you know, or in Impact Wrestling, you know that those two teams can go and they can bring it with, with weapons involved, and it would have been fantastic. But I think from, you know, if you wanted to play it out with a great storyline to go along with the, the mayhem and, the, and all the carnage out there in the parking lot, I think the route they went with the best friends really again that gave the best friends an edge that they didn't have you're right on that one road dog it definitely gave them a push but it was a good story that led to that that made that match mean even more than had it been just well these two teams don't like each other they're gonna fight yeah i would have enjoyed it as well but i think you i think they went a different direction because it seems like and i think they're trying to make sure they don't go the wwe path of let's just promote one let's push one and forget another and i know it can it can be dangerous but i think they're doing a good job of trying to make sure they keep a balance out there because what's the thing we always talk about with wwe it's two tag teams for a while and then all of a sudden oh yeah i forgot about them oh yeah i forgot about them i think they're trying to also help keep that balance of tag teams around so when the tag team division gets pushed a little bit more and they can it's not just that surprise of oh yeah i forgot about those guys i um a lot of rumors and speculation, I guess you could say, have been around the reasons that Renee Young left WWE uh, right after SummerSlam a few weeks ago. Well, she finally sat down with Chris Jericho, right, on Sunday night's main event podcast. I haven't listened to that one yet, but maybe I should add it to my uh, list. And uh, and gave the reasons for why she left uh WWE, and I won't wrap up, every, I won't read the whole thing, but basically what it comes down to is this one sentence, uh, or two sentences that she started off with. I've been there for eight years, and I kind of did everything I possibly could do. I felt like I was bouncing around and continually trying to carve this path out for myself, and I feel like I hit my ceiling. Uh, I think there's a lot of people under the WWE umbrella that could probably say that. Uh, and probably if they wanted to leave, could. And, and if they gave that reason, would be ju- uh, very justified. I think that's kind of kind of along the same reasons that we saw or what we heard from Rusev slash Miro being told of this imaginary brass ring to try to keep reaching for. But then he realized it was never really there. And maybe it's, that's kind of what she's saying. She was told about uh, we just or they just couldn't find a path for her. Uh, that they liked. I mean, we saw her bounce around from the raw commentary desk to uh, doing TV hosting duties to that uh, show on FS1, um, Talking Smack or uh, Raw. Um, you know, so is this what you guys expected from her as far as the why she left, or did you think there was something more? Oh, her husband's with AEW. We can't have her here anymore. Well, I think obviously Moxley being over in AEW probably didn't didn't hurt the matter, but I, no, this is kind of what I expected more or less because you think about it. I mean, all the things that she did do in the company, she had a lot of hats. You think about it, you know, she's trying to progress her career and and you know take on even more meaningful roles. What else could she really have done? I mean, I think the biggest step that she took was the backstage show. Unfortunately, nobody really watched it, but that being on on a network such as Fox Sports One and and being that kind of She's great. The studio, the the panel hosting, she's fantastic at that. Obviously, with Talking Smack, she was great there. And seeing her on backstage was great, too. It's just, unfortunately, that show just wasn't watched enough. And once that got canceled, I mean, there was really not anything. Anything she would have done at this point would have been a step back, just like she said in the interview. I don't know where else she really could have used her for. I think she, I think you were right, exactly what you said. And Rusev alluded to it as well, that, uh, 
she had reached the ceiling. I think the only other thing she wanted, and I don't know if she would have actually have gotten it, was the opportunity to be a regular on commentary. And that's not just at NXT. It's on SmackDown. It's on Raw. It's through pay-per-views. I think she had done everything that she absolutely could. And I don't know exactly how much more she would have been able to pull off because if, you know, obviously we know WWE, we've watched it all our lives. I don't think she would have been able to find a stride that would have been able to fit in with any of the other teams that they currently have on the two bigger brands, Raw and SmackDown. So, and with Beth, is it Beth Phoenix that's down on uh, NXT? On NXT, yes. Yep. Where are you going to put her? Where is there a place for her? You bring well, her back 205 Live? She was on the Raw commentary team, obviously, for a little over a year, uh, a little bit ago, and she uh, talked about that and said she didn't really like that, and uh, she didn't enjoy that time, and she thinks her bread and butter, kind of what you alluded to there, Colwell, is, is just being a TV host. So if she does make the jump to AEW, which uh, record, according to rumors out there of what her contract non-compete is, will be over a year, I believe, or I couldn't, or, or next year, I can't remember which it was. Um, you know, I don't know what she does on an AEW set either. Uh, so we'll be interested to see if she ends up joining her husband over there. Now keep uh, in mind, this could work in her favor to some degree. If her non-compete, let's just say, is a year. Hopefully, Lord willing, when we're on the other side of all of this and COVID-19 is gone, you got to keep in mind, she's doing it at a time where wrestling looks nothing like we've ever really seen before. Because it would be stints where we saw with WCW Nitro, they'd go to Tampa, they'd go to different places for a little bit, but it's a road show. It's something we would see on the road, and we're not seeing it on the road anymore. So, so many things that... I won't say what we're used to, but what we would normally see has been dialed back so much more. If her non-compete is a year, it could possibly work in her favor where, you know what, time's down. We have to change everything. And if she can be creative or whoever can come up with the idea to put together exactly what the show could be that could work out for her, it could be a great time to try and sit down, think about it, mull it over, and possibly try and put it together. When we return, it's time to go home, and we'll have the go-home question if somebody can think of one like, in the next we, couple you, so minutes. So you don't have one. <laughs> right, and, I think we started the show with it. Otherwise, nice. well, otherwise we will uh, talk more wrestling. All right, You're listening to The Finishing Move here on here. Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. On Extra 106.3 FM. Listening, you're listening to The Finishing Move here on Extra 106.3. I am road dog, Adam Gillespie. Uh, I am with my tag team partners tonight. Both of them are here, and it's always great when we're both he- uh, all three of us are here. Chris Colwell and John Ratcliffe. Once again, follow us on Twitter. I am at RoadDog680. Uh, John is at JohnRad450 for Twitter and Instagram. And Chris, where can they find you at? Has it changed since the beginning of the show? It has not. It's still at Bearded Colwell. All right. Congratulations. I think that's the longest you've ever had one Twitter handle. Yeah, no, I'm at 300 days now. The beginning of the show to the end of the show. Show's not over yet. It could change. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, let me ask you this, because uh, I don't have a go-home question, unless one of y'all thought of it. Chris, do you have a go-home question? Uh, no. That would yeah. be no. All right. So, <laughs> another thing that came out on Chad, that... do you have a go-home question? Call <laughs> yeah, us, 404 Chad, if you can uh, get us in time uh, before the end of the show, we'll take your go-home question. Um, so, 
Another thing that came out was what is WWE going to do when their contract runs out with the Amway Center? We know they're doing Thunderdome there currently. Uh, reportedly, uh, the contract runs through the end of October, which is, of course, next month. Um, uh, and, of course, they could re-up that contract if they wanted to, if Amway Center is able to host them on all those nights and let them keep all their equipment up uh, in between shows. But one thought is that WWE is going to look for outdoor-type venues to go around to uh, and do their show. And the thought, or the rumor, is that they would set it up on, like, for SmackDown on Friday and keep the set, want to keep the setup there so that they also do Raw uh, three days later in the same location. Uh, I, I, and, you know, the amphitheater-type style is what AEW is doing, and they've done it successfully there at Daly's Place, at least in my opinion. I, and they want to do it in the southeast because we're getting into the winter, fall months of the year or weather. You don't want to be in cold weather. Guys, we always talk about opportunities for WWE to come here. Uh, I think this is a big opportunity for WWE to come to either – and forget sorry to the sponsors. I don't know the current names of all these locations. But Verizon Amphitheater up in Alpharetta, which is kind of a smaller venue. You've got Lakewood uh, Amphitheater <laughs> down there in south of Atlanta. Uh, which I think would be a great, and you could bring fans back into the fold for WWE. WWE, come to Atlanta. Why not Trieste Park? I mean, you could do Marist Bank, uh, which is uh, the former Verizon. I mean, you've got a lot of options. You've got Cool Ray Field up in Gwinnett. I mean, there's lots of outdoor settings that you could could use for this. I, why not? I mean, there's lots of locations around the southeast, the south uh, part of the United States. I think this is not a bad idea at all, especially when you see that some of these smaller <laughs> wrestling promotions have <laughs> wait, successfully. Wait, 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 wait. Did you what? just remind everybody out there that the south is part of the United States? <laughs> Yes, we know the South did not win the Civil War and that the South is still part of the United States. But thank you for confirming that for everybody out there who may be confused. Just in case people had questions. Just in case you didn't know, the South lost the Civil War and it is still part Breaking of the Breaking news, state. everybody. Chris, it is still part of the United spoiler States. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You always get on to me about, you got to tell people, spoiler alert. People might not know. They haven't walked out the Wait, door. Let me go read about this first and then I'll come back to you guys. Hang on. Although, if you go to certain parts of the South, they'll act like the South did not lose uh, the Civil War. Trust uh, me, as the only black man on the show, I'm well aware. Uh, but, yes, we all know the South won the Civil War. How about you, John? Would you like to see Raw? I mean, would I would go if they allowed fans in, you know, a Friday night SmackDown and then go back three days later for a uh, a Raw. I, I would love that. Oh, yeah, I completely would enjoy it. I would definitely go. It's been one of those things that I think it's the thing that's missing and – you know, granted, granted, Thunderdome has been tons of fun, even though uh, I still haven't been able to get in yet. Yeah, I haven't been able to work that out either. <laughs> Some odd way, I still haven't gotten in. Thunderdome has been great. Uh, I think you could even try to possibly even figure out a smaller way to do it if the venue can uh, equip it po- properly. Because I think it's been great for you know kids and other and people to have that portion of it too. But having it back there, having it where it can go around and where if the WWE superstars are comfortable moving around with it, I think it would be just just fun to get everybody back together because I think that's what WWE is running into is I think they're not keeping they're not bringing everyone to one area and I understand following protocols and doing exactly what 
you know, the state of Florida and the different areas want, but I think they need to get those other characters back into it so they can start working on getting stories back together. If I had to, if I was a betting man, which I, I am, but I don't think I can legally bet on this, uh, I would bet that WWE would keep uh, the it, it in Florida. Uh, I know winters and falls here aren't that bad, but obviously not as good as Florida. Did you guys see this before we go? Um, talking about bringing something to Atlanta, how about next year's WrestleMania? Uh, we know it's scheduled to be in L.A. Uh, along, so you do WrestleMania at the big new stadium, but you do Raw and SmackDown and NXT uh, Takeover and other stuff. They were going to do that at Staples. Well, Staples Center uh, has now started selling tickets for some uh, musical group. I think it's a Hispanic musical group, so I'm not going to try to pronounce the name. On the same nights that. Smack, uh, SmackDown and Raw are scheduled to be live from those buildings. So I wonder if WWE already knows that WrestleMania is not going to happen uh, in L.A. next year and maybe looking for a new site. Hey, come to Atlanta. We welcome you. We'd be happy to have you here. We have several different venues that we'd be more than welcome to, happy to welcome you to. I even know a local uh, wrestling show that would be happy to have all of the different superstars of the WWE join us. We'll do special editions of the show every night. Sure will. Sure will. Uh, Cole, how about taking your son to his first WrestleMania before he even turns one? I would be jealous. It took me like 30-something years before I got into my first one. I mean, I don't know if he'll be ready for that yet, but, I mean, the idea sounds great. Of course, you know, that's up to mom, not dad, so. Oh, she wears the pants. She doesn't wear the pants, but I, you know, happy wife, happy life. So. Oh, okay. So she wears the pants. All right, you've been listening <laughs> to the finishing move here on Extra One Hundred Six Three. We've been happy to try and wreck Colwell's marriage today. <laughs> for, for Thanks, uh, John Ratcliffe and Chris Colwell, and even for Dawson Adam Colwell. This is Adam Gillespie saying, "Have a great night." We'll talk to you next week here on Extra One Hundred Six Three.